WDBM East Lansing. Welcome to The Sci-Files, an Impact 89 FM series focusing on student research here at Michigan State University. We're your co-hosts Chelsea Boudou and Daniel Puentes. According to the CDC in 2019, there are around 3 million infections and 36,000 deaths that are caused by antibiotic resistance. It is actually rumored in certain countries that the next pandemic will be because of antibiotic resistance. To tell us more about this type of research, we're talking to Azam Ali Sher. Hi Azam, thanks for joining us today. May you please tell us about your research? Hi, thanks for having me. My name is Azam and I'm a fifth year PhD student in comparative medicine and integrative biology and also environmental and integrative toxicology sciences at Michigan State University. So my research focuses on studying the emergence and spread of antimicrobial resistance among the bacteria living in the human gut. So as you mentioned that there are around 3 million infections and 36,000 deaths associated with antibiotic resistant bacteria, it's pretty important to understand how the resistance is spreading across these bacteria. It's nice to meet you, Asim. Yeah, nice to meet you also. We've had people come on the show that talk about research that they've been doing on antimicrobial resistance. Is there a reason why you're studying the gut in particular? Does it have to do with maybe the food that people are eating that could have some sort of antibiotics already added to it? So there are a couple of reasons why we are studying the the gut microbiota or bacteria living in the gut. The one of the first reason is this like the human gut has around like trillions of the bacteria living in a very small and dense place, you know. It's a pretty complex environment in the human gut. So one of the reasons we are studying antimicrobial resistance in the human gut, because in the human gut, there are trillions of the bacteria living in a very complex and a dense environment. So one of the main thing with these drug-resistant bacteria All the reports, even the CDC report, which was published in 2019, that also found that most of the drug-resistant bacteria are enteric pathogens, which means they are causing enteric infections in the human. So that's why we are very interested in investigating what are the mechanisms those are driving these emergence and spread of the drug resistance among these bacteria living in the human gut. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I recall we've had some episodes where people were studying the gut specifically because of reasons that you were saying about how it basically connects you with so much of your outside and your interactions. I am curious, how are you doing these experiments? Are you using an animal model or maybe a cell line? Can you give us an idea about how your experiments work? Yes, so this is a very important question. To understand the mechanisms and all the causes associated with the emergence of drug resistance among these bacteria, especially in the gut, as I mentioned, there are many, many bacteria already there. So we are basically trying to build a mouse model which mimics the human gut. So in our lab, we have created different mouse models which were initially germ-free, and then we gouged those mice with the human fecal salary. So in this case, those mice are now carrying the human gut microbiota, means the bacteria from the human gut. And we are raising and breeding those mice in our lab from last couple of years. Technically now, those are reaching to around 30 generations in the lab. So one of the features we are seeing in these mouse models is they have a pretty consistent bacterial population and community in the gut. 
And that's one of our big interests to use those mouse models to study the drug resistance emergence among those bacteria. It's pretty interesting that you're raising these mice with the human microgut biome in there. Could you inform our audience, what is going to be the difference between the human gut microbiome versus the mouse microgut biome? That's a very important question because in the previous studies people have done in using the mouse gut microbiota model, because there is a difference in the population, like human has a certain kind of bacteria which are not present in the mouse gut, and mouse has a certain kind of bacteria which are not present in the human gut. So when we do those studies in the conventional mouse, which means the regular mouse model, we have a different kind of population. So if we run those experiments, we will not be investigating the same kind of a target bacterial population. So that is the reason we are using transplanted mouse model, where we can get our results and investigation directly applicable to the human gut microbiota. So that I think this is this is one of our like I would say striking feature of our study that we are using the transplanted mouse model that mimics more human gut instead of using the conventional mouse model it doesn't mimic the human gut. I just want to make sure that I'm understanding this correctly. You have real life mice and you are transplanting human gut bacteria into their stomachs. How are you doing this transplantation? Are you injecting it or do they consume something with the bacteria? Yes. So we basically have germ-free mice. Initially, we had a germ-free mice, which means those mice did not have any bacteria in the gut. And then we used a septic condition, which means uh, conditions where no other bacteria are. And then we germ-free mice with those fecal salary. And then we were kept breeding those mice in our lab aseptically. Those mice have been in a very clean environment, so they don't intake any other kind of outbreak, any other kind of bacteria from the outside. So we're keeping them carrying these consistent population throughout the generations. Like you mentioned earlier in the interview, you're growing multiple generations of mice that have these gut microbiomes. Do you have to introduce the gut microbiome every time for each generation, or is it getting passed along more and more with each new subsequent generation of mice? Yes. So we are keeping those mice in a specific environment where they don't get a chance to intake any other kind of bacteria from the environment. But once those offsprings are born, they are kept within the same cage where their mother is, so they have more likely chances to get the microbiota, gut microbiota, through the interaction with the mother. And that is the reason we're keeping those mice in a certain colonies, so they don't share the microbiota from, from each other. So they just keep their microbiota from their ancestors and passing along to the next generation. Okay, that makes a lot of sense to me. Now that we know how the mice are able to be introduced with the human gut microbiome, what do you do after to study the antimicrobial resistance within these mice? So once we know that those different mouse models are carrying certain kind of a human gut microbiota, then we ask we are asking a question that how one bacteria that is carrying a transferable resistant genes can share these resistant genes with other bacteria. And to address this question, it's a challenging, especially in a scenario where millions of other bacteria are living in a small population or in a small place. So what we are trying to do here is like build some fluorescent bacteria 
a bacteria that can glow different colors under the microscope. And we are using right now two different colors are fluorescent proteins. One of them is red and the other one is the green. So once we build these bacteria, then we gavage mice or we give these bacteria to the mice. Just for the clarification for the audience, these bacteria are basically the commensal bacteria, which are already the part of the gut. So we are not giving them any pathogenic bacteria in this study. We took a bacteria from the mouse gut and then made it fluorescent or colorful bacteria in our lab and then put that bacteria back into the mouse gut to just track in the gut and see how that resistant genes can be shared among other bacteria. It's cool that you're able to observe these different colors depending on the specific gene and protein that a bacteria is carrying. How do you actually determine if these genes are being transmitted and communicated across this gut microbiome? Do the mice glow any certain colors or are you able to see something under the microscope? That's a good question. So right now we are not like able to detect the fluorescent in live mice, but what we are doing right now is like collecting fecal samples from those treated mice with the bacteria over time. And then we bring those fecal samples in the lab. We wash them, we prepare them, and then we use another instrument, which is called flow cytometry, which can basically segregate bacteria based on the color. So for example, in our study, we are using green plasmids, which mean if that bacteria share this green plasmid with other bacteria, then other bacteria will be also green. So we use those fecal samples and we use this flow cytometry instrument and then we sort those bacteria. What are the bacteria who got this plasmid during this treatment or not? So in this way, we are technically isolating a proportion of the bacterial population who are the recipient of this green plasmid. So to give you an idea that, okay, the donor strain has two colors, right? One is on the chromosome, which is red, and then one is on the plasmid, which is green. And then chromosome is not going to move. The plasmid is only going to move from one bacteria to other bacteria and the next bacteria. So we will always see two different combinations of color. One is going to be green and red, which is our bacteria. And then only green is going to be the bacteria who got the plasmid. So in this case, we will know that using that flow cytometry, which are the emerging bacteria got these resistant genes and then has a potential to be future resistant pathogens, you know, or commensal bacteria. And through this flow cytometry process, whenever you have those green fluorescent bacterium, can you tell actually what type of bacteria is it? Or are you looking at this generally for all? So once we sort those bacteria using the flow cytometry instrument, that instrument definitely segregates bacteria based on the color, but it doesn't tell you that what kind of bacteria these are. So in this study, our main concerned population is the the bacteria who got the green color, means who got the plasmid. Once we sort those bacteria, we collect them in a tube and we bring back that tube in our lab and we extract the DNA of those sorted green bacteria and we submit to the another lab that sequence that uh, whole population of the bacteria. Recently, we have got the results back of those sorted population and we have found that certain kind of bacteria in the mouse gut, in the human gut microbiota, has been a potential recipient of the green color and the plasmid, which means if they have received the plasmid, definitely they have received the resistant genes, and they are now resistant to the, the drugs. 
So the plasmid we introduced in these mice experiment were, were carrying three different resistant genes, canamycin, ampicillin, and also tetracycline. So you guys can imagine like how those recipient of, how those bacteria receiving these plasmid can be dangerous and cause the infections in the future, you know. One thing that I've still been a little hung up on is how you mentioned that you take these fecal cells from both adult and infant populations. Since infants haven't really been exposed to antibiotics, did you see a difference in the mice that were introduced with these gut microbiomes that came from adults versus infants? So when we built these different mouse models in our lab, the purpose was to have a different kind of population of the bacteria in these models. So from the studies and also from our study, we have observed that the infant gut microbiota is different than the adult gut microbiota. And initially, these mice models were built for the studying asthma, the connection of asthma and the gut microbiota and also the gut microbiota role in developing the inflammatory bowel diseases. But we are using these mouse models to also study the drug resistance emergence among these bacteria. So definitely these different mouse models have a different kind of a population of the bacteria. And that's the reason we can use these different models and we can also predict like what kind of resistance patterns can be found at early age, especially in infants and then the healthy adults using these different mouse models. I know that you've had a lot of confirmation of your experiment by using microscopy and flow cytometry. However, are you using any antibiotics in your experiment to maybe verify that it's working? So in our study, initially we are not using any antibiotic. So we are conducting these experiments without using any treatment treatment of the antibiotic. So we are trying to understand if a bacteria comes to the human gut and if it carries the resistant genes, what kind of damage it can create during the stay in the gut. So in our future studies, we are definitely looking for the emergence and the spread of the resistance when we use the antibiotic. Because it's most likely when we use the antibiotic, the resistant genes are maybe going to more likely spread in a lot of different diverse population of the bacteria, which might be we are not seeing right now without using the antibiotic. So this model can be definitely used to address a lot of different questions, different types of the antibiotics, duration of the antibiotics, how they can affect the emergence of drug in the bacteria in the human gut. Well, I'm really glad that we got to have you on the show today to talk about the importance of the gut microbiome and the work that you're doing to understand the relationship between the gut microbiome and antimicrobial resistance. Thanks so much again, Asim, for joining us today. I'm really looking forward to hearing about the future of your research. Thank you so much, guys, for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thanks. Thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in. To hear more about us and learn more about our episodes, check out scifiles.org. If you're a current MSU student that would like to be interviewed, please reach out to us at scifiles at impact89fm.org. We'll catch you next week on the Sci-Files, and remember, the truth is in the science.